May I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Integrity. Not a word we hear much in our daily lives these days. Another related word we think about more is character. Character being in simplicity, whether good or bad, the habits of our lives. Integrity is related. Integrity has to do with the quality of our behavior. C.S. Lewis, in his essay, Men Without Chess, gives a helpful glimpse as he criticizes development of people that is cerebral, the mind, and visceral, the appetites, but neglects the importance of the chest, that which links or tames our thinking and our appetites. Lewis calls the chest the seat of sentiment or place of magnanimity in our lives. Magnanimity is a quality of our behavior. It is noble. It is generous. Lewis boldly asserted, by intellect, one is mere spirit, and by appetite, one is mere animal. The biblical idea of integrity is wholeness, completeness, moral innocence. It has the idea of soundness of character and adherence to moral character. Often in scripture, it is also coupled with the idea of walking in integrity. This implies the habitual manner of the life in motion, bound with integrity. Do you see David or Absalom in this? For both, we've seen over the past few weeks lives lacking integrity. In the language of C.S. Lewis, David and Absalom were literally men without chest, making choices out of appetites, lust, violence, selfish ambition, anger, greed, let me sum up, because we've missed a few headlines in our Sunday propers. David had many children, 20 are named in scripture, and David had many partners. There was a struggle relationally between the four oldest sons, all of them from different mothers. And for Absalom, second in line for succession, this was personal between he and Amnon, first in line for succession. The relational fallout between Absalom and Amnon was over Absalom's maternal sister, Tamar, Amnon violated her. And over the course of the next two years, Absalom plotted and carried out Amnon's murder. After he does this, he flees to his maternal grandfather's for three years and hides. During this time, David searches for him and grieves for his son, who's died, Amnon. David and Absalom both get tired out over this three years, and Absalom asks to return to Jerusalem. And David allows it, but does not want to see Absalom. Absalom lives in Jerusalem outside of the king's presence for two years, and then takes off again and spends two more years plotting the coup. With Absalom and David, we see life lived without integrity. Their appetites were not tamed through the cultivation of magnanimity. A lesson to be learned from these narratives is that we need to develop integrity. To do this, we need understanding in how we ought to live. And understanding in how we ought to live is in simplicity, the definition of wisdom. Wisdom is the ought of life, what ought to be done. In our Christian spirituality, we find this outside of ourselves, outside of our opinions, outside of our feelings, outside of our ideas and in God, scripture, reason, tradition. 
for both David and Absalom, you have to wonder, did they notice how they were living? The decisions they were making. David and Bathsheba, Absalom's plot involving murder of a brother and the planning the murder of a father. Another aspect of the definition of integrity helps us understand the importance of paying attention to our lives. Madeline Langle, in her work Circle of Quiet, describes people of integrity. She writes, The most whole people I know are those in whom the gap between the ontological, ontology being the study of reality, the real self, and the daily self is the smallest. I'm going to start over and read the whole quote with not so many explanation words. The most whole people I know are those in whom the gap between the real self and the daily self is the smallest. The Latin integer means untouched, intact. In mathematics, an integer is a whole number. The people I know who are intact don't have to worry about their integrity. They are incapable of doing anything which would break it. The gap between our real and daily selves, our actual selves, is to some degree in all of us. No one is completely whole. It's part of our heritage from our forebears, Adam and Eve. When we refuse to face this gap in ourselves, we widen it. In simplicity, integrity can be looked at as a life that is integrated. This integration implies oneness. In every situation, one has the same manner of life. This is opposed to disintegration, which is parts that appear depending on the context we find ourselves in. For example, disintegration is found in the compartmentalizing of our lives. One who lives differently at home or at work than alone or with a significant other. When we live lives of disintegration instead of integration, we're moving the lines of proper behavior all the time. For example, perhaps I think it's wrong to cheat on a test in school. So here's our line of what's proper. But then I cheat on a test. I breach my integrity. If I continue without repairing this breach, which in our Christian context involved repentance, perhaps restitution, the breach stays and my conscience becomes seared. The next time I have a test, I not, might not even weigh the appropriateness of cheating. I'm not noticing the place I used to have for whether that's appropriate. Because my conscience is seared, I've lost my sensitivity. I've moved the line. So I just cheat. And in this new place of disintegration, maybe I even finagle getting a hold of the test and copy it and cheat better. If this breach is not repaired, I've moved the line again on what is proper behavior. What I'm saying is, Absalom didn't just one day wake up and decide to murder his brother. But likely, over years, he breached his integrity. He seared his conscience and did no work of restoration. The line kept moving and moving and moving. And one day, he could plot the murder of his brother, and it didn't even bother him. Over the next few, few years, the line continued to move, and he could plot a coup to become king and to kill his father. Lack of integrity is a scary thing. And it's prevalent in our contemporary culture. Lying is normative. Sexual oppression is normative. Violence is normative. But we didn't just wake up one day and behave in these ways. But with each breach of integrity, each searing of our conscience, 
each passive response to moving the line of what is proper behavior, we've contributed to the big things we decide to do. To develop integrity, we must pay attention to our lives, or we cannot grow in wholeness. This takes effort. Leanne Payne, a 20th century leader in the pastoral care movement and a C.S. Lewis scholar, helps us understand how to practically approach our wholeness. In her book, The Healing Presence, Curing the Soul Through Union with Christ, she asserts, not through cognitive skill, not by trying to think existence, not through learning one personality theory after another, one becomes as one obeys. Knowledge of oneself and others as selves is dependent upon moral and spiritual development. And this comes to us through obedience to the truth. Truth with a capital T. God's reality. The way things really are. In order to become whole, we need to, we need to welcome God's reality. God has given us these narrative snapshots in the lives of David and Absalom to learn what not to do. We need to develop integrity, to tame our minds and appetites, and close the gap between our real and daily self. 